0: Hello, hello, hello. This is Greater Gospel Temple and Inspiration of God Ministries right here on the World Wide Web here on Anchor Broadcast and uh, Podcast Broadcast and we are on several different formats. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, so you can follow us on several. I think there are seven podcast stations we're on right now, plus we're on uh, Facebook, um, uh, different avenues. So you can reach me at 469 629 9543 or ggtchurch66 at yahoo.com. It's Sunday school time and I'm so glad. That you are listening to this Sunday school now my Sunday school that I have chosen which is my favorite the, the LG Parkhurst jr. commentary and you can find that at O U O S U dot com or else you can just type in LG Parkhurst p-a-r-k-h-u-r-s-t jr. Whichever one is OUOSU dot com. Dear God, as I sit before you to speak, I pray to you that my soul you will keep, and if I should die before I finish, I pray to you that any outstanding sins will be forgiven. Amen. Amen. And so we will go into our sunday school lesson and the title of it is those who know god love those who know god love and it is first john the fourth chapter the seventh through the twelfth verses those who know god love okay so we'll get right into our scripture in the king james version beloved let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might through that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. No man, that's the 12th verse, has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us those who know god love let me get to the commentary and this is a great great lesson talking about love love those who know god love okay oh and that is so true so going into the lg Parkhurst commentary For the Sunday School Lesson. I'm clicking on it. Okay. Now thus far, thus far, in first John four, John has given two tests for Christians to use to discern a false teacher or false prophet from a true Christian teacher or true Christian prophet and to distinguish true Christian teaching from false teachings. First, to test teachers and prophets, people must know that a teacher or prophet is influenced by or indwelt by a spirit. And I want to repeat that. The first thing, to know is to test teachers and prophets people must know that a teacher or prophet is influenced by or indwelt by a spirit a true Christian teacher or prophet is influenced by and indwelt by the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth the spirit of God and we can see that in john the 14th chapter and the 26th verse that's saint john okay then the 15th chapter and the, tw- and the 26th verse then the 16th chapter in the 13th verse and then in first john the fourth chapter the second and the sixth verses false teachers or false prophets are influenced and indwelt by evil spirits that John called spirits of error, okay, E-R-R-O-R. And so we can see that in 1 John, the fourth chapter and the sixth verse. Now in Colossians, the second chapter and the eighth verse, the Apostle Paul called these spirits elemental spirits and warned about deceptions from false teachers and false prophets with the words, Here we go. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. Now Jesus called these spirits unclean. And we can see that in Matthew, the 12th chapter and the 43rd verse, Mark, the 5th chapter and the 8th verse, Luke, the 11th chapter and the 24th verse. Evil spirits are unclean morally and spiritually, and they will try to influence people to do what is unclean the entertainment industry which is often influenced by unclean spirits seems to specialize in showing what is unclean and what they show can influence people to do what is unclean or think uncleanness is okay to practice that is so true the unclean spirit the spirit of error the devil, the father of lies, influenced and directed the actions and teachings of the religious leaders who plotted to crucify Jesus. And Jesus said of them in John the 8th chapter and the 44th verse, St. John the 8th chapter and the 44th verse, you are from your father, the devil, and you choose to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks according to his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. False leaders, false teachers, and false prophets worked in the days of Jesus, John, and Paul, and they will still work in our days when unclean spirits of error influence and indwell them and lead them to teach and try to mislead god's people okay so false leaders false teachers and false prophets worked in the days of jesus okay john And Paul they worked in those days and they still work in our days when unclean spirits of error influence and indwell them and lead them to teach and try to mislead God's people and I'm pretty sure those of you who are uh, in the spirit of God is dwelling in you you have witnessed this okay So, many have gone out into the world that John called Antichrists. They were once in the church, but they have left the church mentally and spiritually, if not physically, okay, the Antichrists. They try to mislead the true followers of Jesus Christ in the church and those who want to believe the truth about Jesus Christ according to the Bible. Come to faith in Jesus Christ and enter the fellowship of believers. They try to mislead these people. And we all can probably probably attest to the fact that it's been tried on us. And by the grace of God and his spirit that is in us, the indwelling spirit of God, let us see that this was not the true the Spirit of God, okay? All right. Now, second, to test teachers and prophets, John wrote that Jesus Christ and his apostles were from God and false teachers and false prophets were not from God. John grouped himself with the apostles when he wrote in 1 John, the fourth chapter and the sixth verse, we are from God. Okay, so all of us who have repented of our sins, who are living a life the best we know how, and leaving the rest of it to the indwelling spirit of God, we are from God, okay? Now, John wrote that true Christians. Christian teachers and Christian prophets listen to. That means they hear, they learn from, they study and obey those who are from God. The apostles and the other Christians who eventually wrote the Bible with the help of the Holy Spirit were from God and we can see that in 2nd Timothy, the 3rd chapter, the 16th through the 17th verses and that's what the inspiration of God ministry is based on, okay? So from reading John's gospel and letters, we know that it would not be too strong to say that today true Christians Christian teachers and Christian prophets will listen to, that means that they will obey obey and believe the Bible, and the Holy Spirit within them will help them understand and teach the truth of the Bible. Therefore, the Bible must be the ultimate and final authority for true Christian belief and practice. And I concur with that from my life's experiences that what is written in the book the Holy Bible, the King James Version, I believe that it was inspired by God, that it is inspired by God. I believe that he inspired King James to gather these writers together and for them to put it in translation so we can read and understand and live by it because it has truly proven to me in my life that the words in the book are life. They're life and they're true. They're true. They're true. Thank you God. So, a false teacher, and let me go back up here. I'm in the right spot. Therefore the Bible must be the ultimate and final authority for true Christian belief and practice. A false teacher or false prophet, will deny the fact that the Bible is true in all it affirms. They will reject some of the Bible's teachings about Christian ethics, Christian morality, and how Christians should live. And we can see that in Romans chapter 1. So it's it's telling us a false teacher, a false prophet, they'll deny the fact. That the Bible is true and all that it affirms. But we know better, don't we? We know better. God is proving to us every second of our lives that his words are the words that are in that book, and that we learn from reading the book, and that his spirit is dwell it dwells in us. We know that for a fact. We know that for a fact. We know it for a fact. So those false teachers, they will promote uncleanness in ways evil, unclean spirits influence them. So those spirits that indwell the false teachers and the false prophets, they promote uncleanness in them, and then the the and uncleanness that that influences the false teachers and prophets, they bring that forward and use that on the people of God trying to make them turn around or those who haven't been saved and they're trying to. oh that's not true that's not true who who can prove it how can anybody prove it but I tell you in my life I know I know it's true I know the word of God is true they will promote uncleanness in ways evil unclean spirits influence them they will denounce whatever in the Bible condemns the immoral and unbiblical ways they want to live. They will work inside and outside the church to take captive through philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits, those inside and outside the church who will listen to them and believe the falsehoods they teach. The Bible must be our only and ultimate guide and standard of truth, and false prophets and false teachers will always deny some portions of the Bible and ultimately deny Jesus Christ as revealed in the Bible. Third, to test teachers and prophets, in 1 John, the fourth chapter, and the seventh verse, John wrote, Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. A false prophet or false teacher will not abide in love and practice love as Jesus and the apostles loved God and others as described and recorded in the Bible john warns christians and others that they may think and say they believe the truth and all the teachings of jesus and the apostles but the next test is do they love one another do they love their brothers and sisters who believe in jesus christ as their lord and savior a false teacher or false prophet will not love others or god as God commanded because they are not born of God and they do not know God. They may know much about God, but they do not know God because they do not love. Love is from God, okay? So if someone does not love, we know they are not from God. So as we read the Bible, we learn more about true love, especially as shown by Jesus, the perfect expression of the love of God in the world. False prophets and the teachers will not listen to the message of the apostles, the message of the Bible. Christians know and love God, and they love to listen to to the Bible teachings because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. God's people are born of God and they know God. Therefore, they love God and they love Jesus and they love to listen to God's prophets and teachers in the Bible. As Jesus said in John the 10th chapter and the 27th verse, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. They will refuse to listen to, believe, or follow someone who teaches what the Bible does not affirm. God's people listen to the Bible's teachings and they love one another. Those are some of the measures John gives us so we can discern false teachers from teachers who know and love God. Now John heard Jesus teach on love. And especially on love for one another, even our enemies. God is love, and all love comes from God. Without God, there would be no love anywhere in our world. So even as God created all things and makes life pop makes life possible, with every living thing depending on God at each moment for existence. So we depend on God for all the love we give and receive. Those not born of God are by their more moral and spiritual nature, self-centered and selfish, they love themselves supremely. However, they cannot truly love even themselves because if they truly loved themselves, they would live and do what is truly best for themselves. That is, love God more than themselves and love others as they love themselves. So, at the foundation of their lives, any love we see them express flows from their personal self interest, from what they want from God or someone else. Those born of God love God supremely because God in Jesus Christ first loved them and saved them from sin by his sacrificial death and gave them the gift of eternal life. Do you know we have the gift of eternal life if we just hold on, hold on to the faith that we have. And we you know there's a scripture that tells us that if we have the faith, if it's just the size of a mustard seed, which is very, 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 very small, we have that chance. We have eternal life, okay? We have it. So hold on. Don't give up. Please don't give up. Please don't give up. Those born of God love God supremely because God in Jesus Christ first loved them and saved them from sin by his sacrificial death and gave them the gift of eternal life. Repeat it, okay? Now, Jesus Christ has so changed the true Christian by a new birth that their moral and spiritual nature is now God-centered and filled with love for God love for others, and a right love for themselves, love that God has given them because God is love, and God indwells them. Now, the first two tests John gives are intellectual and spiritual tests. So, do we, and the teachers and prophets we hear, believe the truth about Jesus Christ, and do we And they teach the truth about Jesus according to the Bible does the Holy Spirit who is the Spirit of truth the Spirit of God help us and those we hear teaching and preaching understand believe and practice the teachings of the Bible as we are learning them the last test is ethical and moral and applies to the right application of Jesus' teachings and the Bible, most notably regarding true love. Do we, and the teachers and prophets we hear, practice love for one another? Do we practice true love? A sacrificial love that seeks to obey all the commands of Jesus and the Bible's teachings. Jesus taught, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. And John, the 14th chapter and the 15th verse, the 14th chapter and the 21st verse, the 15th chapter and the 10th verse, okay? So remember, what John wrote is still in the darkness. Okay, what John wrote, excuse me, listen to this this is a scripture and I started in like part of it I didn't start at the beginning of it okay so remember what John wrote in 1st John the second chapter the ninth through the tenth verses whoever says I am in the light while hating a brother or sister is still in the darkness okay you get that so whoever loves a brother or sister lives in the light and in such a person there is no cause for stumbling okay now first john 2 verses 9 and 10 christians do not love in order to be saved rather they love because jesus christ loved them died and rose again for them and has saved them from sin and death that they might live and truly love as god loves there can be no cause for stumbling in those who truly love as god loves because god loves and lives in them all right now He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So whenever we meet a person who is obviously always self-absorbed or self-centered, we know they do not know God as God wants them to know Him. They may know a great deal about, that's quote, end quote, okay, God and about the Bible's teachings and say They believe in God, but only through trusting in Jesus Christ with sincere faith will they be transformed, born again, and come to know God personally through the scriptures, prayer, praise, singing, and worship. Only through Jesus Christ and the indwelling Holy Spirit will they turn from selfishness to devoted, loving, God-directed living to praying for others and to serving God and others without concern for selfish advantages over others. They will not try to use God or others for their selfish personal benefit. True love flows supernaturally from knowing God. Let's say that again. True love flows supernaturally from knowing God my 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 the indwelling spirit the spirit of God dwells in us those of us who have repented of our sins and accepted Jesus Christ as our personal savior and are doing everything that we can within our power and leaving the rest up to God to lead and guide us to all truths and to live a holy and a sanctified life okay so, from creation and the scriptures, we know something of the love of God, but God made his love real to us and personal to us by revealing his love supremely through Jesus Christ, God's one and only begotten Son. So, that scripture tells us, that's First John, the fourth chapter and the ninth verse, And this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. We're living through Jesus Christ, okay? Because God made it possible. God is not self-centered and he proved his love for us by giving Jesus Christ to us, to be crucified by us, and to die for us, to save us from sin and eternal death. Now that, as as some people say, is a mouthful. God is not self-centered, and He proved His love for us by giving Jesus Christ to us, to be crucified by us, and to die for us, to save us from sin and eternal death. My God, that is strong. Yes, our sins led to the crucifixion of Jesus, just as though we had nailed him to the cross with our own hands. To save us from the punishment we justly deserved, Jesus died as a sacrificial substitute for us and then rose again to live and love within us, within all who would trust him as their Lord and Savior. So in Romans, the fifth chapter and the eighth verse, Paul wrote, but God proves his love for us in that while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. So, in self-giving love, God focused on us and our needs despite our sins and rebellion against God and His Kingdom. In self-giving love, the Father sent us His Son as a gift that we might be born again and love as God intended. We can truly live our lives now and forever for the fullest within the circle of God's love. Both God the Father and God the Son deserve our love and undivided loyalty. Oh, yes, he does. I will say that again. Both God the Father and God the Son deserve our love and un. Divided loyalty. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Those that know God, love. Those that know God, love. Because we know Him, we love that love lives inside of us. Okay, because we know Him, we love. And God, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Don't we thank Him, don't we thank Him? Okay, now, the 10th verse in the 1st John, the 4th chapter, herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, God did not... Sends Jesus Christ into the world because we loved God and sought God. So, hey, if you're thinking that, just get it out of your mind. It's not because we loved God and sought God. That's not why he, why he sent him. Before Jesus came into the world, we did not know God and we did not love God, but God knew us and God loved us. God knew us through and through, but God still loved us. God did not love our sin or our sinful ways or our morally degrading habits, but God loved us as he still does, okay? Another good word to describe the love that God the Father has for others and us is charity, okay? A truly needy person needs charity because they cannot help themselves, my God goodness so we're charity cases we are charity cases okay my goodness so before Jesus Christ came into the world we were so morally spiritually and intellectually bankrupt and needy that we needed charity from God in charity God gave us what we needed when he sent Jesus Christ to die in our place as a sacrifice for our sins. Thereby, Jesus' sacrifice enabled God, the king and judge of the universe, to uphold his law and justice when graciously loving and mercifully forgiving us for our sins and rebellion against him he is an awesome god i'm telling you and i hope you can feel this i hope you can feel what i'm teaching here today i hope it gets in and saturates if you have the spirit of god dwelling you, you know exactly what this is talking about, okay? Because Jesus Christ died in our place as a sacrifice. God did not need to punish us in order to uphold his law and kingdom. In charity, God gave Jesus to us to meet our needs, and now Jesus lives within us to meet our needs and the needs of others through us. In charity, we give to others what we wisely can to meet their honest needs. To give, we deny ourselves some time and treasure, even if we would not consider our giving to be sacrificial are costly we came to understand true love or true charity when god extended his love toward us and sacrificed his son for us to free us from slavery to sin and to satan so we could turn from our sin and selfishness to love god and others this this is something else. This, this commentary, I believe, is second to none. My goodness. We love after first receiving God's love through Jesus Christ. And now we love as God the Father and Jesus love, but in a much smaller way when we share the gospel to save and bless others, even sacrificing our time, Treasure and talents. Perhaps a better definition of the word love than charity would be benevolence. Benevolence, okay? To live with a spirit of benevolence means to live with a disposition to do good. To live looking for ways to do good, okay? So when Jesus walked and talked in our world, Jesus demonstrated benevolence. Jesus always showed his disposition to do good to others. For this reason, he always healed the sick. When Jesus lives within his followers, they show forth their disposition to do good to others. The Holy Spirit will empower and guide the followers of Jesus Christ to love in ways that show forth their disposition to do good, which will draw others to them and to Jesus who loves and lives within them. This is awesome. My God, thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I ask you now to save. Save, God. Save in the name of Jesus. Deliver in the name of Jesus. Set the captive free. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And Satan, I rebuke you now. In the name of Jesus. And I command you to loose that soul. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Notice how John expressed his love for all who would read his letters. And this is what he said in the 11th verse of 1 John, the 4th chapter. Beloved. If God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. So to love others, especially those in in the family of God, we need both the loving and indwelling Holy Spirit and sound instruction. That means telling us what we ought to do as Christians, all right? We need to be told to love one another sometimes and to fulfill our moral obligation to love others because we can easily forget to do so in tense situations, especially when fellow believers and those of the world forget to show love for us and instead express their dislike or even hatred for us in ungodly ways and i know that you have experienced this okay people uh, expressing their dislike for you and their hatred for you in ungodly ways and you know, you know that you've been forgiven of your sins. You know that you've repented. You know that you're living a holy and a sanctified life and all the sins and all the trespasses that you did in the past, they're all gone now. And so people are jealous and envious of the saints of God, and they will show that disdain, that dislike, that hatred towards them, and they will not be ashamed to do it. But the Spirit of God will shame them on down the road, okay? And it doesn't have to take a long time. It could turn around real quick. But we, as saints of God, we have to be moderate. We have to depend on the Spirit to help us to stay strong and not negatively retaliate okay but the spirit of god will take care of us there's a scripture in there said he will fight our battles he will not put more on us than we can bear okay and though all that evil that people mean toward us and meant toward us god takes that evil and he turns it into good in our favor. So hold on, okay. So now our last verse, uh, verse twelve in First John the fourth chapter, uh, fourth chapter. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected. In us so we cannot see God with our physical eyes they are not equipped to do do so you remember when Moses had to turn his back because he God said you can't stand to see me so you had to turn your back and enter into the tent backwards because to look on my glory you can't stand it you can't stand it okay so the finite physical Cannot see the infinite, infinite or infinite, okay, spiritual. We could never see or understand God in his fullness with our limited intellectual capacity and I want you to remember that so when people uh, come off like they know everything there is to know about God and nobody knows any more than I do nobody's close to knowing what I know about God but just remember this we could never see or understand God in his fullness with our limited intellectual capacity. He said, I doubt we know any created thing, not even ourselves completely, and we don't, okay, but we can assuredly see and know some truths about God, the truths of God revealed in the Bible, and we continue to expand our knowledge of God as we study the Bible. And do you notice that you discover things about yourself even at the age you are, and something new comes up and says, oh, I see. So that's why I act like that. That's why I responded like that. That's why this happens. I see things uh, that come up and I say, oh, so that, that's why. So we don't really know ourselves as well as we think we do. But then the spirit that indwells us will let us know our limitations, okay? What we can and cannot do. And if we listen, we will never go wrong, okay? okay yeah but we can assuredly see and know some truths about god the truths of god revealed in the bible okay so if we are expressing love as the fruit of the holy spirit we know we are god-centered and not living like those of this world and we can see first corinthians 13th chapter and galatians the fifth chapter the 22nd through the 23rd verses We can know that God is living in us and helping us love God and others. We can know if we have a disposition to bless and help others, if we look for opportunities to do good to others, and if we do some things that meet the needs of others. So as we grow in knowledge of God and the truth, Jesus said, He is the way, the truth, and the life. That's John the 14th chapter and the 6th verse. And as we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit more and more, God's love is made complete in us. God's love is perfected in us. God loves in and through us as he loved in and through Jesus Christ. Christ and some will be drawn to Jesus as He loves them through us. So the love that indwells us will draw people to God and Jesus, we know they're the same, and the Holy Spirit. So that love, Him living inside of us, draws people to Him. Okay? all right oh this is so good who those who know god love okay so the questions five questions here and i see they're just keeping them down to like five questions number one what reasons did john give for the followers of jesus to love one another number two what two truths did john say about a person who is born of God. Number three, what did John say about a person who does not love? Number four, how did God reveal his love to us and why did God do so? Number five, how did John describe God's love compared to our love? It's incomparable, okay? Incomparable. Alright. Now. Those who know God love. And I'm wrapping it up. Okay. This is the the wrap up of it. Okay. So. Beloved. This is the focal scripture. First John. The fourth chapter. And the seventh verse. And this is another translation. Beloved. Let us love one another. Because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God. And knows God. Okay. Now let me go to. King James see if that comes up let me get over to it the King James because I want to make sure 4 and 7 here we go beloved let us love one another for God is, for, excuse me, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God, okay, that's King James, all right, wrapping it up, let me go back here, go back here, and go right to here, we are wrapping it up. Now, in John's Gospel and Letters, John emphasized two crucial characteristics of a follower of Jesus. Okay, first, a follower of Jesus knows God. Now, here's a notice here, okay? John did not say they know about God or they know the theology of some famous person, or they know some characteristics of God, okay? He did not say that those who know about God should use their knowledge of God to denigrate or try to ruin someone else who has a different understanding of God or the Bible. Second, those who know God love others. John clearly stated that if someone knows God, it is because they are born of God, so they love like God. All right? That's heavy, isn't it? Because God is love, no matter how much someone may say they know theology, if they do not love others, they do not know God. The followers of Jesus love one another because God lives in them, and because God lives in them, they seek to express the love of God perfectly in all their relationships with others. The followers of Jesus do not love God and others perfectly, but they try to follow the example of Jesus as the Holy Spirit leads them, and they will love one another unselfishly as they know one another. Okay? Now, Jesus loves them. We know that, okay? Jesus loves them. So, the followers of Jesus they do not love God as others and we know we don't love perfectly okay we know that we know that they will want to do what is best for everyone in all their relationships even if that requires self-sacrifice whether in business in the church or in the home as one example Jesus had no selfish or self-centered motive when he loved, came, and sacrificed his life to make eternal life possible for all who would accept his freely given gift. And it's signed L.G. Parkhurst, Jr. L.G. Parkhurst, Jr. What a wonderful, wonderful wonderful lesson and we are even under an hour right here and we had such a wonderful lesson but this is what I want you to do if you have not repented of your sins and accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior this is the opportunity this is the minute to do it and even if you don't feel you are ready I admonish you I ask you I urge you to pray anyway repent anyway because we have no clue of the next millisecond what's going to happen a millisecond is one thousandth of a second we don't know what's going to happen within that frame of time it's so quick till we can't say millisecond before the millisecond is over okay so and those who have repented of their sins and accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior but now you're not serving God like you should you're in a backslidden state that means you've gone back into sin this is for you too this is for you too and it only takes a few seconds and I admonish you now i admonish you to repeat after me and then your life will not be the same even though you've experienced this before if you're a backslider it will still be renewed anew again so you'll see a new side again okay oh my goodness repeat after me please dear god i repent of my sins I ask you, in the name of Jesus, to forgive me of my sins. I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Amen. Now, it's a done deal. And you can virtually, if you would like to, I would like for you to, you can virtually become a parishioner in fellowship with Greater Gospel Temple the Church of Praise and Worship, and Inspiration of God Ministries. This internet, the virtual world, the World Wide Web, has made it possible for us to be in each other's presence any millisecond, second, minute, hour of the day. We can communicate and fellowship And I believe with all my heart, it's the will of God. You might be in Germany, you might be in Nigeria, you might be in Hawaii, you might be in Afghanistan, you might be in Iraq wherever you are, you might be in Iran, wherever you are, you might be in New York, you might be in California, you might be in San Antonio, you might be in Austin, wherever you are, you can be in fellowship with Greater Gospel Temple through the World Wide Web. And I thank you so much, so much for joining me. And I want to say this, well, first, an announcement. Tomorrow evening at 3 p.m., I will be speaking The Pastor Deborah Alexander of the Valentine Pentecostal Church, which is located at 1400 South Ewing Avenue in Dallas, Texas, in Oak Cliff. She has invited me to speak tomorrow, and it's a combination of a musical and uh, a message. And so she has asked me me to deliver the message. So that begins at 3 p.m. tomorrow, which is the 19th of September in the year 2021. I'm inviting you to come wherever you are, if you can come and be with us. And then also, I will take my setup, and I plan to uh, go through Ustream, so I'll be doing a live webcast also, so you can join then. And uh, another thing, if you, and you know, I don't say anything very seldom about uh offerings or donations or anything like that but i would like for you to feel free if you want to donate to greater gospel temple and inspiration of god ministries because we are in the rebuilding phase of the church and uh our contractor now since the hurricane has come along he's gone back to louisiana he's in new orleans so he can work there to help rebuild some things but then he'll be back here when it gets uh, a little better and he's done what he needs to do okay there all right i'm going to close out but tomorrow three and tomorrow morning at 7 a.m live which is sunday uh, the 19th at 7 a.m Join me live. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you so much. This is Greater Gospel Temple and Inspiration of God Ministries right here on the World Wide Web. Enjoy your day, evening, afternoon, whatever time of the day it is. And let me hear from you. I'm serious. Let me hear from you. And then uh, if you'd like to donate, you can see it on, on my pages, okay? I love you.